What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, and this is the Las Vegas GP review. And oh my God, from where this ra- this weekend started on Thursday to how it finished, we have a complete range of emotion, of everything, energy, all of it. It was wild. It was not looking good on Thursday, though. You and I have been critical of it for, out of the gate, and uh, Thursday, Friday was was validating to our criticality of it. But good God, did it end up delivering? It did. I think a lot of people were critical. I can't. Now that I think of it, I don't remember anybody like being like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a good weekend." Come on, guys! Like everybody was critical. Of the track layout. They said the track layout looked like it sucked. All of the controversy from all the disruption that's been going on in uh, Las Vegas, everybody's, you know, getting upset about America's having three races to all like the hype that America puts behind it. But yeah, man, did it end up turning around and delivering? And, and uh, even the driver said so, like, I mean, Verstappen was critical of the entire weekend and how dumb it was. And then after the race, he was like, I'm looking forward to next year. This is yeah. a good time. <laughs> like my, how the turntables have turned back for Verstappen. <laughs> it was but a- yeah. It, it, man, let's start with Thursday though, because that was all you know, nine coming minutes out the of gate, it. All nine minutes of it. Not a good look for Formula One. Not a good look for Las Vegas. Not a good look for the FIA. And I remember Carlos Sainz goes first, first hot lap down the back strip or down the down the main strip. Manhole cover comes off and you know takes the engine out of the back of the car. Yeah, that like, was wild. And Carlos Sainz is very lucky that he didn't get injured on that because they sit so low, anyways. If that would have hit the right spot, I saw an, another, I uh, can't remember who it was, um, one of the other like correspondents Max? or whatever, they were saying that like if it hit the right spot, he legitimately could have been paralyzed. Yeah, Max thing. said that he lost feeling in his legs when it hit him and that he was lucky that it didn't uh, hit further up the car, that it hit so far Jeez. back. Yeah, and um, they said Ferrari estimated the damage at almost $2 million to that car. And then to take a 10-place grid penalty because you have to fix the damage done by that manhole cover, I think was absolute bullshit. Yeah. So if, even, if you're not aware what happened there, there's allotted certain amounts of components per year. So Carlos signs they had to change out the floor, the parts of the power unit, or the entire power unit. I'm not sure. It wasn't the, the whole power unit. It was parts of it. And the big one that got him was the uh, control, the controls, the electronic controls. Right, because he had already reached his allotment for the year. But man, the way I look at it is kind of the FIA and Formula One kind of failed to properly secure the track and ensure that yes. it was safe for racing. This isn't so that the first time Carlos's it's fault. It's not. No. It happened in Baku in 2019, like it, it, with a manhole cover. Exact same thing happened. Um, I think that uh, it was. All the FIA's fault, and even the stewards said that. If you read, because Ferrari like did a petition or something, whatever they called it, to say, "Hey, please don't give us a ten place grid penalty. This wasn't our fault." Um, and the stewards came back and said, "Hey, we've reviewed the rules, and the rules are clear that it, it was basically a black written in black and white that it does not matter the circumstances. If you exceed your allotment, you take the grid penalty." And the stewards said, "So you will be getting the penalty, but be known that we don't agree with this." Is basically like stewards. The stewards are like, "We're gonna fuck you," but we don't feel good about it. All right. So here's here's the way I look at it. I almost rank this as just as controversial as Abu Dhabi 2021 call, and I know that yeah. might seem a little more harsh, Abu Dhabi, because of the outcome, because it changed the outcome of the championship. But yeah, imagine if Carlos Sainz was in the hunt for the championship. This also could have changed it. If you look at what happened in Abu Dhabi. Uh, they were able he they basically bent some rules on the fly yep. and i know you know they're probably like oh we can't allow that to happen again but i think there are certain circumstances like this one where that's warranted and i don't think too many people would have been like would have been upset about it no you know i There's know not some a single other teams, team in the paddock that would have thrown a fit over him not getting i mean i say that they probably would have but there's of course uh, unless it was their car Right, unless it was their car, but I think everyone was pretty happy that Carlos was uninjured, um, and, and that everyone realized what a grave danger that was. Yeah. So I, it's crazy to me that there's not an extenuate, an extenuating circumstances, extreme circum, a clause in the <laughs> FIA's rules. I don't English good. All right, Elmer Fudd. Cl- 
uh, a clause in the FIA's rules that is like, hey, everything that has been written out is not absolute. Like there is extreme cases. This is an extreme sport. And no one expects a 130-pound man cover to come loose and rip the back half of your car off. That's not your fault We when we did the track. like It wasn't even Vegas that paid to do the track. F1 was the one that built the track. Like They should... It's just crazy to me, but it, it is. is what it is. They, you know, Carlos was the unluckiest man. It's just so not fair. <laughs> well, so that happened eight minutes in. Then they went out, they tried to fix it, and then they realized, holy shit, we've got like 40 of these things around the track. So they had to go around and inspect and repair all around the track. So FP1 got canceled at that point. Nine minutes in. FP1 yep, was on in. Thursday night at like 10 o'clock. FP2 yep. is Friday morning at like 2 a.m. And so guess what happens to Thursday ticket holders? You're asked get, to leave. Got to get out of here. Get out of here. So that's the other controversy that came from this. Because FP2 started, I think, at 2.30 or something like that in the morning. Yep. Because the streets had to be back open by 4 a.m. Um, so then they kicked everybody out. And F1 cited logistical and safety concerns for people leaving the track uh, for the reason for kicking people out. And I was reading on Reddit. I remember uh, one guy was posting. He was like, I saved up. I bought a Thursday ticket. I drove to F1 and all I could afford was eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because people were pissed. And, you know, they have come now out. Now there's and a class issued action a credit. lawsuit. They did. Yep. They did that. F1 also issued a credit from what I saw um, to people that had purchased the ticket. So they kind of. For $200 tried- in merchandise on the track. I did not on, read the fine print. <laughs> on-site merchandise. So okay, I'd uh, still be pissed. I don't know how you're going to get back in the track since you were just a Thursday ticket holder. But if you buy another ticket for Friday, you can go get $200 in shirts, which is, you know, one and a half shirts. Yeah, right. Yeah. So needless to say, Thursday in Las Vegas did not start off the way Formula One wanted to. Yeah. I think it was a huge black eye uh, for it. And a lot. it honestly was vindication for a lot of people that were very critical of this track. Yeah. But then things got a little bit better. (laughs) I do know for like, just wrapping up FP two, a lot of the 90 minute session, a ton of running two 30 to 4 AM. A lot of the drivers got done and and were posting stuff and were like, I am so tired. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bet that that doesn't do a good job of helping set you up when it's four o'clock in the morning. You've ran for 90 minutes. Like you're not at your peak performance trying to no. trying to get good laps in. And, and a lot of drivers were kind of complaining about how late it is. And I was like, that's pretty fair. You've done a triple header all on uh the Americas. So you are your your body is on this time zone. And now you're being asked to go to reverse cycle. It, it's that's hard. That's a lot. It is, yeah, and I hope that for next year they do something about that because it's an American race, and, and Americans can't empty. watch the race. No one yeah. was there at three a.m. to watch the race. Like the stands were empty at three a.m. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll change up the times for next year. But I thought uh, about it. Like man, when they, when we get, the next day when they showed all how empty the stands are, I was like, if Kurt and I were there, there's no way at three thirty we would be at the track. Like, it's not where I don't no. care if we had three day tickets or not. Like, I wouldn't be at the track. I'd be elsewhere. Like, <laughs> it's practice. I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's go on to Quali because Quali was interesting, to say the least. Quali and now we got to see a lot more running and we got to see, like, maybe there's, the track's not so bad. But uh, me, personally, I was not happy with Quali uh, as a McLaren uh, fan. Yeah. Yeah, it was quality who shook things up a good bit. I was, uh, it was quite surprising. Yeah, I did. I, I enjoy that. And I know that's one thing that we thought that might happen at this track is things will get shaken up because of the conditions, because of the virgin surface, because it, you know, low down force, but also not being able to heat your tires and all that. And it did. It definitely delivered there. So uh, let's go right, into Q1. Quality it Q1. called out Lando. Esteban, Zhou Yu, Oscar Piastri, and Yuki Tsunoda called out the McLarens hard. Um, actually, this morning I was reading on that, like uh, they interviewed Zach Brown and what happened. And he said, you know, one, our, our car just doesn't do great in slow corners, period. 
Um, and he said, two, you know, we've put like next to no development in the rear wing for the super low downforce package. Cause he's like, the only other place we run this rear wing is in Monza. And so he's like, we've done very little development. We know our rear wing is super inefficient with the rest of the car. He's like, between, you know, the rear wing and, and the slow corners, he was like, the car was just doomed out of the gate. It was like, huh, kind of interesting. It is. Yeah. And then, I mean, also they, kind of seemed like they messed up their run plan a little bit because you had Lando sitting in the pits, you know, when he yep. was already close to the drop zone. And then before you know it, he was on the bubble. And the next thing you know, Lance Stroll, of all people, knocked him off. And so I lost both my McLarens. And I feel like I almost traded Danny Rick for Lando Norris on that one because Danny made it. So Danny made, made it too. barely. Um, barely. And Yuki Sonoda was down in P20, like two and a half seconds off of Piastri. It was, it was like, eesh. But on the other end, both Ferraris went one and two, and they looked fast. And Albon looked fast. I, I was, it was very, it was like, okay, okay, the front of the field is going to be kind of interesting. But yeah, I was very surprised losing both of the McLarens. Uh, and then yep. All right. we go to Q2. And Q2 looks like business as usual right up until Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez go out the gate. Lewis could not put an awesome run together. Perez did Perez things. Then we lost Hulkenberg, Stroll, and Danny. Danny wasn't even close to the pace. We all knew Danny was going out. The Alpha Towery was just not set up for this track. But uh, yeah, losing Lewis and Sergio, that was, I think, a really big surprise. It was. Sergio is, you know, not as maybe per. not as surprising by the numbers, but he did look like he was on, you know, a better form after Brazil. Yeah. So, yeah, seeing him go out. But he also kind of went out kind of like Lando. He was sitting there in the pits and kind of got knocked down. Uh, but, yeah, super Lewis, high man, track he, uh, evolution. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, Lewis just all weekend just seemed off. You know, the, the Mercedes didn't look that good to begin with. Um, so, yeah, you could tell he was not happy. Yeah, I was amazed this whole weekend to include the race. I think that the FIA has has heard our complaints and I we got like next to no Mercedes radio chatter this whole weekend, um, which was kind of <laughs> nice. I, I think uh, George Russell is a, a fan of the show. And so he yeah. heard what we were saying. He took it to heart and he, he was like, so. you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't radio, be such mate. a little bitch. <laughs> And then we go to Q3, <laughs> and we have eight teams in Q3. The only two teams not there are McLaren and AlphaTauri. Everybody and, else has representation. Yep. The only two teams that had both their cars there was Ferrari and Williams, of <laughs> all people. <laughs> Logan Sargent, dude, I was like, yes, finally some, some action for Mr. Logan up here. And he yes. actually did pretty well. He did. Darren Quali. Darren Quali, yeah. Asterix. <laughs> the, the Williams Asterix did pretty well, Darren Quali. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, those Ferraris, I had no doubt, were going to, unless Max just pulled out a wonder run, which he, which he's definitely done. But, man, Leclerc was, you know, half a second clear of Max. He did that one lap and went seven-tenths faster. I was like, yeah, we ain't touching that Ferrari this, yeah. not till tomorrow. Um, yeah, even you could see on Max's final flying run he put in first and second uh yellow sectors and then yep. he aborted his lap he just he knew it wasn't going to happen just save it for race day but i mean he knows that you know one lap pace ferrari might get him but over the course of a race distance yeah he knew what would happen yeah well he knew what would happen but it ended up being i think a whole lot time i don't he, yeah. he knew it would happen historically i think ferrari right. kind of set a little bit more of a precedence this weekend um that's true but george russell in four man I got to say the Alpines were on one this weekend. Uh, Gasly in five on merit Albon six, Logie Sarge seven, Botas eight, K mag nine, Alonzo 10. And I remember Sergeant put in the P three time and everyone was like, Oh, and the other cars are started crossing the line. He started yeah. bouncing down but, uh, <laughs> for a second there, for a second there. <laughs> but, uh, it was a, it was a good quality. It was nothing, not the best one of the season by any means. Things were shaken up, but it, it was a good quality setting up for a good race. It was. It was definitely exciting. 
And then before we get into the race, let's talk about before the race. And so F1 put out a live stream on YouTube of the driver's parade, which when you see the driver's parade, it's where they, you know, each driver gets in this like super old car and they drive around the track and wave like they're, you know, in a parade. Yeah. And uh, they had Bruce Buffer, the guy, the UFC announcer, announcing all the drivers. And we had one of the most awkward instances I've seen <laughs> all season from any Formula One or any sporting event. Bruce Buffer is yelling the top of his lungs, announcing Sergio Perez. And he like leans in and goes, Perez! And the camera pans like six inches. And you see Checo standing right there in his face <laughs> <laughs> while this man is screaming at him. And then Checo just like stands there. Bruce Buffer stops and turns around, looks totally away from him. And Checo's just standing there like Michael Scott, just looking lost. And he's like, where do I go? And then after that, right before Checo got announced, Lewis Hamilton got announced. Lewis gets into some super old car. And apparently the car just will not start. And so they rip his sticker off and slap it on Checo's car and tell Lewis to get in Checo's car. So Lewis is sitting there in Checo's car and then Checo gets there and there's nowhere to sit. So he awkwardly <laughs> sits on the door and you've got <laughs> all the drivers driving around in their own car. Then you've got Lewis and Checo <laughs> in the same car, just looking super awkward. It was the most awkward driver's parade or any instance that I've seen all year. Uh, it was hilarious. It was definitely on par with Martin Brundle and Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> It definitely was. And then after that, Oscar Piastri's old car spilt oil all over the starting line. So then they had to get out there with their kitty litter and try to clean that up. And then the commentators are talking about how bad that's going to be for everybody on the inside, Max Verstappen included. And so, yeah, man, that driver's parade was kind of a, a shit show right there. Dude, and then we get to Brundle's grid walk, which was <laughs> a tone whole level of shit show. For one, that grid was the most packed grid I've ever seen. He could barely even walk through all those people. It was insanity. And then he couldn't find anybody that was worth talking to because the grid was so crazy. He got like a few little interviews and he saw Shaq because, you know, you could see Shaq from the back of the grid standing <laughs> over everyone. And Shaq's you know, handler was moving him around left, right. He was talking with Christian Horner. And he, Brundle was like, hey, man, can I talk to Shaq? And he finally was like, sure. And, and so he's waving at Shaq. He's like, Shaq, Shaq. And Shaq walks by and goes, Lewis Hamilton, baby. And just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> I expected more. From, I feel like Shaq's normally, like, he's been in a lot of grids. I know he knows who Martin Brundle is. Yeah. And I don't know what the deal was, but he was not having it. And just, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, baby, while he's inside <laughs> the Red Bull pit box. Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, uh, Brundle makes his way. He talked to someone towards the front of the grid. I don't remember who, but it was kind of awkward. And he finally gets on the front side of it and he gets to talk to Lando. But the whole thing was just kind of ridiculous, yeah. like way too. <laughs> He Way was wearing this packed. ridiculous, like, velvet suit, too, or whatever yes. it was. Oh, it was funny. All right. Oh, but then the then race. We get to the race. Are you and ready? <laughs> you know who was not ready was uh, was uh, whole Leclerc, because uh, he got passed no. in about 150 yards. He So, watching back to the start of the race, so when the lights went out, Charlotte Claire and Max take off. Max gets a pretty good start. And Charlotte Claire is just like, oh, I'm going to mosey on over to Max's side. If the roles were reversed, Max would have been clearly in his lane. Like, you've got to be a lot more aggressive when it comes to yeah. Max Verstappen at the start of a race, just like he is. Max isn't yep. going to give any room. And Charlotte Claire, he, he took his time when he could have just shot over. Um, and yeah, at that point, you know, it's like, now you're in the hunt. Now you're going to have yep. to try to chase him down. The, the deck stacked against you at this point. So, well, you know, Max you went wide, icy tires, totally understeered, pushed Leclerc wide. Um, you know, and Max got a five second penalty for forcing another driver off the track. I think all quite fair. Um, no one got taken out, quite happy about that. It was pretty clear that he couldn't turn at all, but it did remind yeah. me of Baku when Russell did that to Max and took out half of Max's side pod. Max got all, we're all on icy tires, man. What are you doing? <laughs> of course, rolls are reverse. Max like, oh, whoops. Send my regards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you had Fernando Alonso ice skating through the first turn, just spinning pirouetting out. Pirouetting around. 
Yeah, that was normally you don't see Alonzo make a mistake like that. And at first I thought he got hit, but he just, you know, cold tires, no grip, just spun out there. And that awkward little uh, incident with uh, Valtteri Bottas where they kind of hit and then Bottas comes forward and hits him again. Like, yeah. <laughs> did he not see him? Did he do it on purpose? Was he pissed off at him? I don't know what was going on there. But uh, other really than that, it was a pretty clean start. I thought it was going to be a lot more chaotic. Yeah, I expected half the grid to be dead going around yeah. corner one, like just uh, ice skating into a pile at the end of the runway is what yep. I was expecting. And then Logan uh, which it probably would have been if it wasn't 175 yards to the turn. Like if it was a half yeah. mile run where they were all getting up to speed, it probably would have been bad. But they're lucky it was no one was going fast enough to hurt themselves. True. Um, and then uh, lap four. Two Man. laps later, Lando hit the wall so hard. Yeah, man, seeing that, like he just just lost it around that turn, yeah. and then hit the wall and just skirted the entire wall into that barrier. That was not a good one. I saw on uh, the old Twitter or X or whatever it's called this morning, the, uh, it did like the overhead cam of his car, like when the car had stopped. And his engineer was coming over and he's like, Lando, are you okay? And Lando didn't respond. And he's like, Lando, are you okay? And you saw Lando pick up and his hand was shaking violently as he hit turned on the radio and was like, I'm okay. <laughs> you can see like Jeez. he started trying to turn the car off and his hands were shaking so bad. I, I think that one, that one shook him up a little bit. Yeah, it definitely rung his bell. And it's so weird too, or not weird, but it's so random because you normally don't, Lando doesn't make a mistake. I think they said the last time he, dnf or crashed out of a race was uh sometime last year i forget which race it was no it was I remember he ago. took it he took it down didn't he and signs take themselves out i'm trying to remember i can picture the corner i can't picture what lap or what uh what track it was on but yeah lando's not one to make yeah. mistakes like that and, and i don't even know if you can really call it a mistake like that he was on cold tires and yeah and Walmart he almost almost took out piastri too if he would have been yeah. a little bit farther up he would have slid right into the back of his teammate but luckily that didn't happen lando is okay he got taken to the hospital and checked out but he seems to be all right i think got to experience to that u.s healthcare system hopefully that didn't bust the cost cap <laughs> like mclaren bust the, the cost cap for the year for lando's hospital bill that's uh but uh so, so then we safety get, car. And then our restart. And we had yes. eight people go onto the hard tire at the restart, which by all accounts was not even going to get used this weekend. And then we see eight people on it. It's like, all right, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And worked pretty well for him, actually. Didn't, yeah, but, yeah. It worked pretty damn well. I think everybody saw <laughs> that and ended up going to the hards eventually. Um. They did say, I was reading this morning Pirelli's report. They said that they saw the, the softs were good for like four or five push laps and just completely fell off on the front right. All the left-handers, the ace just said it would, it toasted the front right tire and you lost everything then. So after reading the report from quality day, it was like, oh, we probably could have forecasted that the softs weren't going to be the best tire, but now no one ran the hards during practice. So it was like, well, we're going to journey into the unknown, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my favorite part, probably one of my favorite parts of the race was shortly after that, when Max got his penalty and then they're like, Max or GP is like, Max, you've been given a five second penalty. <laughs> and he's just like, send them my regards. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. He's, he's the ice, the new ice man now almost. And it's He's just getting like there because yeah, it's a ridiculous penalty, especially, you know, by the time he got the penalty, he was almost three seconds out in front. We saw it happen with George Russell and Coda this year. Like, like all the drivers have been saying that it needs to be a more harsh penalty because honestly, yeah. you get to a point and you're like, I'm not going to give it up. I'll just take the penalty. Five seconds is not that big of a deal. And honestly, no, I, it wasn't. So I, it, I changed, think, yeah. it, it made things a little bit more interesting, but it obviously didn't change the result. Right. Yeah. So I definitely so, could see that next year being bumped up to maybe a 10 second or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I, I, they got to do something there, but 
Uh, you know, I also I don't blame them for giving Max the penalty. I think it was deserved. And with all the controversy about, you know, him impeding people left, right and center on quality and all that, and he never gets penalized. Um, I think it was probably also an appeasement to all of the non Max fans that look, we gave him a penalty. You see, um, <laughs> yeah. we gave him so. a penalty in quotations. Uh, lap 13, I got Checo and Hamilton blow by Nico Hulkenberg. And then signs on the radio, they were like, you need to cool the car, stop stop following so close. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, so Ferrari's going to blow up. What's going on? And uh, uh, yeah. I've got a ton of notes. There's so much happening during this race. There was. I think, and so shortly after that, lap 14, you got to see the people on the hard tires started to come to life. And they yeah. started moving through the grid. And it was, it was kind of crazy to see because, like we said, you know, we didn't think the hard tire was going to be that good. But yeah, he started to see that it was going to be a good one. And then you had Charlotte Claire, Max Verstappen, lap 16 around there. And Max is complaining about those tires falling off. And you just see that gap yeah. closing down and closing down. And it's like, well, he's getting challenged now. And we got to see somebody actually pass Max Verstappen on the track. I wrote Rated. it down. It was like, is that the first time he's been passed this season on merit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, he was going to come into the pits two corners later, so he didn't fight it, but it still counts. Damn it. He got passed. It still on counts. The track. Leclerc got it. Uh, I've got that too. Leclerc challenging Max, Leclerc P1. And then right behind that, we have Lewis and, and Piastri uh, giving each other a little love tap into that same corner and blowing both of their tires. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't uh, wasn't the the smoothest move right there, but I guess they're still sliding around at that point. Yep. So Max goes into the pits. Lewis and Piastri hit each other. Lewis punctures his front right, and Piastri gets his rear left. But for but Piastri dives into the pits and gets that fixed. Lewis goes around again, and Lewis was in trouble going around yeah. again. He was complaining that the car won't steer. He was cutting corners. It was like, I don't know if Lewis is going to make it back to the pit. Yeah, he got lucky on that one. When he slid through yeah, and did. hit that one bollard at that one turn, it's like, oh, you better be par- he careful. He that man. thing. <laughs> yeah, so you better put that thing into a wall if you're not careful. Um, but yeah, so we have Leclerc leading the race. That was lap 16 that Max came in. That Ferrari was managing its towers really well. Leclerc didn't come in to lap 21 to take the medium off and put the hard on. They're very clearly on a one-stop strategy. And Max was, even the commentators were talking about, Max was on a tear coming back through the field. There, DC was like, Max ain't driving like he's planning on taking that set of tires all the way to the end. He was not. <laughs> it was. I think Max was having fun. Yeah. You know, Max always has fun, I think, when he's doing that. Yeah. And kudos to Pierre Gasly because he held that Red Bull off for several laps. That Alpine did really well at this track. I expected Max to blow that Alpine's doors off, and Gasly held him off for a little while. I was very impressed. He did. He did. Yeah, that uh, Alpine just, this track suited that Alpine setup really well. Lap 22, I've got Perez in P1 and Lance Stroll in P2. How did that happen? <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, I knew it. I should have put Lance on the podium. I was going to do it, but I didn't do it. But yeah, he, uh, and he was like, that was not, that was like his net position. He had already put oh, yeah. so he was running there legitimately. I don't, I don't know where P2, this Lance, question mark. <laughs> I, 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 here's what happened with Lance Stroll this weekend. He grew out his facial hair. And it changed. And it looks he, so ridiculous. It I does, but you know what? He started to em, like embody the the manliness of having that little bit of facial hair, and he drove well. So maybe Lance Stroll needs to continue to grow his facial hair. And that's another thing. I wrote down the notes too. I was watching the post race interview, and a lot of the drivers had facial hair, more facial hair than they normally do. The ones that could grow it. Oscar Piastri, I don't think he can grow it yet. Um, but a lot Max of the drivers and Lando still can barely grow it. Right, yeah. But a, a lot of them had more facial hair than they normally do. I don't know what it is with Vegas. Or they're just done with it. It's been a long season. <laughs> they're just they're like, I'm not shaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, lap 25, I've got Russell and Verstappen passing Carlos Sainz. Uh, and then like two uh, turns later, Verstappen and Russell, Russell make contact. Yes. And... <sighs> 
we saw that bodywork fly off and i was like that's a red bull piece of bodywork yeah. right there and i thought for sure that was his side pod which man yep, if that too. was his side pod that would have been the end of the race for him but yeah they were talking about how like you know it didn't really affect him that much like, all he maybe lost, he lost the end a plate. Bit. yeah maybe a little bit of performance but max more than made up for it yeah it was but uh it, it very controversial i guess not i mean the stewards ruled that it was russell's fault but max i mean max was alongside but not in front i i do think that russell as per didn't even realize max was there and just turned into the corner and hit him um but i don't think it was necessarily max's corner yet either it was yeah it was close i, I could almost rule it a racing incident other than the fact that i don't think russell had any idea that there was another car next to him and yeah, and that's what he that's what he said in his post race interview is he said that he didn't know Max was there. That's not a spot where you would normally pass. So he didn't expect anybody to go for the pass there. Um, and I think he said that he had uh, uh, an update on Max and I forget what the gap was, but he was like, didn't think that he would be able to shoot it from that distance anyways. So he had no clue that he was there. He just turned in and Max it was doing makes- Max things and was there. It still makes me go back to that interview with uh, Russell where he was talking about how there's three drivers that you need to really watch out for that are very aloof on the track. And it's like, you, yeah. you motherfucker, yeah. you're the aloof you're, one. <laughs> you're two of those drivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, God, dog, Russell. Uh, I was waiting for him to bitch, moan, and complain over the, uh, over the radio. And again, they just didn't turn on the Mercedes radio. The entire weekend. <laughs> It'd be funny if Toto just disabled his button. <laughs> it's like, you cannot talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Russell got a five-second penalty for it. Safety car comes out due to all the debris on the road. Half the, you know, everybody, not everybody, but half the grid dives in to include Max. Gets a new set of, fresh set of hards. Um, they don't change out Max's front wing. And head back out on track. Leclerc kept his his five, four or five lap old hards on and went for track position. And we come out with Leclerc, Perez, Piastri were P1 through P3. Um, so, and kudos to Perez. Perez, for all intents and purposes, was in that net P2 position. Starting back at P12, he was moving through the field. Like he definitely got the advantage of the safety cars, but he great strategy. And, and it was like, okay, Perez, nice. Yeah, he was doing really well because for a little bit there, I was looking, I was like, oh, Perez is still down in 13. Yeah. This is not going to be a good one. And before you know it, just like you said with Lance Stroll, before you know it, Perez is in P1, Lance Stroll's right behind him. And yeah, he yeah. ended up, he managed his race very well. And it he was did. a good recovery drive, I think, for Checo. Uh, I'm, I also want to point out that Leclerc almost lost it behind the safety car and put it into a wall. That, that was, that was my prediction. I said somebody <laughs> was going to lose it in a non-racing lap. And I saw that. And Leclerc I was, like, was that <laughs> close to it. Oh, <laughs> if he would have done that two weeks in a row, it's like, oh no. <laughs> the funniest thing is, is he came over the radio and was like, holy shit. I almost <laughs> just lost it. <laughs> Major pucker factor at that point. <laughs> DC was like, I think I would have kept that to myself. I don't think I would have came <laughs> over the radio. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, So, but then it took three laps for Max to get by Gasly. Um, uh, 32, Perez passes Leclerc. We have Perez in net P1. Um, Lap 34, we have the Alpine battle battle between Gasly and Ocon, which was like, that was going to happen. that, That was spicy. Telling Ocon to hold position, and Ocon's just like, nope. Hold <laughs> this. Right <laughs> yeah. See, those guys, with those two, I think that it's starting. It, we, we keep saying this. When's it going to boil over? I yeah. think the team has done a good job of keeping it under wraps. But yep. I think at this point, you've got to fight for a, a, a struggle, a power struggle going on within that team for that number one spot. And Gasly has yep. been outperforming Ocon. Gasly's the newcomer to that team, and he's been outperforming Ocon now. And I think Ocon is starting to get to the point now where he's trying to prove his worth. And so they're like, you need to hold position. And he's like, no, I'm going to prove to you guys that I'm yeah. the one that you should stick with. But yeah, I, I think uh, we got to see that. And it was good. It was clean battling. They didn't they didn't take each other out this time. So good it on was, them for that. It was a nail biter, but it was good. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, we saw what happened after that. Gasly was struggling on those tires. Yeah. So 
Ocon, you know, let him go. Anyways. He did the right He's, thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, lap 36, we have Leclerc passing Checo, Max passing Checo. Next lap, Max P1. Max yeah. <laughs> moved through those dudes like they didn't exist. Yeah, I don't know what happened with Checo on that. He was clearly in front, and the next thing you know, the camera goes back, and it was almost like he, like, braked super early, and yeah. then Leclerc just, whoop, right on, right on by. That's what it looked like. The, the camera angle was awful. It, several times the camera was really bad tonight, but uh, as per. So lap 37, we have Max in P1. We got Leclerc. We got Checo. Um, lap 44, Leclerc goes off the track. He breaks late and uh, locks it up a little bit. Checo takes advantage of it because Checo couldn't get by him. He was still in DRS range, but just could not get by that Ferrari. And then Leclerc made a mistake and Checo capitalized and moved up to P2. And at that point, you know, lap 44, there's there's six laps left. I was like, well, there's your podium. Like, yeah, that, that's all she wrote. At one point, uh, I think Leclerc had fallen out of DRS range as well. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, this is it. Red Bull one, yep. two. Max is three seconds clear. Um, but then lap, <laughs> lap 47, Nico Hulkenberg goes off, just uh, has an issue and, you know, Gets out of the way, has a, a a yellow flag for ten seconds, and that's about it. And then uh, next lap, Yuki Sonoda did the same thing, complained about a transmission air issue, and went and parked it right next to Nico Hulkenberg's car. <laughs> <laughs> just having a little party over there. Yeah, just. Uh, and then we get to lap forty nine, which you, this is how you know Max was having a great time because GP comes over to the radio, says Perez is in trouble. You're three and a half seconds clear. Can you reel it back to two and a half seconds to give him a toe? And Max was like, sure. What? I was waiting for <laughs> yeah. uh, No, you don't ask me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did Max immediately scrub off from three and a half second lead down to like a 1.7 second lead. I mean, it was like three. I mean, Max just coasted and let Checo catch up. Uh, I was I was like, man, Max must be in a phenomenal mood right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> very not Max. Yeah, um, right. But dude, Leclerc earned that spot. He did. And the the thing was, it was the same, basically the same move that he did on lap thirty five or whatever yep. lap that was, um, where he just kind of surprised Checo, came from way back. You know, broke break super late and then surprised Checo to the point where Checo turned in and was like, oh, crap. You know, yeah. and I think even afterwards, he said he had no idea that he was there. But yeah, super brave by Leclerc. Good thing that they didn't both take each other out or Checo yeah. didn't take both of them out. But yeah, man, that's two races in a row now where Checo has lost second place on the last lap. Yeah. Two in a row. Or lost the place on the last lap. And once to an uh, Aston, once to a Ferrari. <laughs> Man, super brave on Leclerc. I was so happy to see Leclerc shoot, fighting back up there. He needed it for his yeah, uh, mental uh, state. And so I'm glad he got a little win. Yeah, he definitely did. So race is over. Max, P1. Leclerc, Perez, Esteban Ocon, P4. Lance Stroll, P5. Signs, Hamilton, Russell, Alonzo, Oscar Piastri rounded out the top 10. And Oscar took the uh, fastest lap. Yes, he so, did. I, man, Oscar Oscar did a good job this weekend. I and he did from I, being what P nineteen or eighteen or something after quality, the car not being the best setup. I think he he did a great race, had some great passes. Yep. And like I said, man, and I got a lot of shit for it. And I thought this was gonna be a good weekend for Mr. Lance Stroll, and you know what? He did it. I and that was before I knew he had the facial hair. If he shows up to Abu Dhabi with facial hair, watch out, buddies. <laughs> watch out. It hurts. <laughs> I wanted him to be crashing and burning somewhat uh, literally so bad. And now he's performing well. What is this? Yep. Man, what what a race, though. This is such a good race. And it's so surprising, too. I When I sat down and turned it on, I had no idea what I was in for. I thought it was yeah. going to go one complete opposite different way. And before I know it, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm standing up certain points watching it. It was really good racing. I think the track layout wasn't that bad. I think it actually no. was pretty decent. And man, it, it was. It, I'm excited for next year. This is going to be a good race. 
And I got to say, those helicopter shots or drone shots of the cars going down the strip from the aerial view looked awesome. Yeah. I think F1 accomplished its goal of having the most visually stunning race in the most visually stunning location because you're looking, you've got that sphere. Oh, my God. How awesome was the sphere? That thing is insane. It is wild. and But, yeah, every shot, there's not one shot around this track that's kind of just dull. Like, everything is, like, there's always something to look at. Um, For a driver, I'm sure it's it's crazy. Like, there's so much distraction going on. But, yeah, it's so cool, man. This is an awesome race. I, I was I was amazed at it. I was very like even at the end of it, I was like, dude, I'd go to that race next year. Like, f- could I doubt I will because I just don't even really like Vegas that much. Yeah, and I bet it was uh, you know kind of chaotic for all the you know trying to get around and whatnot. But good job on F one. It delivered. It sure did. All right. Well, you want to hop into these heroes and zeros now? Let's do it. All right. Well, what do you got for your zeros? I've got Lando Norris slash McLaren mm. for being such a competitive team the past six, seven, eight races. They just got it wrong this weekend. They did. And Oscar did a great recovery drive. And I think, you know, two points was is about as much as they could possibly hope for. But Lando's crash, it was a bad crash. You know, mm. didn't even make it out of Q1. I think McLaren was a swing and a miss this weekend. Yeah, um, I agree. Unfortunately, and I feel kind of bad doing this, but I'm going to I'm going to call out Williams Ooh. for such a good Saturday quality. Both cars into Q3, P6, P7 to end the race. Albon P12 and Logie Bear P16 only ahead of Valtteri Botas because we had three DNFs. I mean, that's that's a that's a Haas stunt right there. That's good quality and no race pace whatsoever. And and I didn't expect that from Williams. I expected them to be you know, more where Alpine is and uh, just, just didn't, didn't pull it out. Um, and that's re- honestly, I've only got two zeros. I couldn't really call anybody else out. I thought by and large, everyone had good things to call out. Um, so those, those were my two call outs. That's funny because I too have two zeros and I was just looking and I've got a couple that could be honorable mention zeros, but first and foremost, the main zero, like mine are a little bit different than yours. The first main zero that I have is the FIA in Formula One for that Carlos Sainz penalty. I think, I, think I, could, that I, was, I was on the fence about calling the Stewarts out. That's definitely yeah. just like an honorable mention on mine. I agree. That was a major swing and a miss right there. I think they had an opportunity to make that right, and, and they didn't do it. And uh, I think that something needs to be changed and maybe needs to be a clause or an asterisk written into that rule. But I think that was kind of ridiculous for him to get penalized for that. Uh, My second zero, I'm going to go with old Shaq Diesel. I expected (laughs) more out of Shaq, man. He's so charismatic. He's been at the grid before. He knows what's going on there. Yeah, come on, man. Like, come on. At least give him a a couple sentences. Like, the first time he blew Martin Brundle completely off, and the second time he's just going to say that and keep walking. I think that was a a zero, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal there. And my other one, the honorable mentions, the two I was looking at, and I, I don't know if I can because I feel like it's kind of just like they're where they normally are. It's like the Alfa Romeos. They yeah. didn't. Well, Valtteri Bottas, he qualified pretty well. He qualified up in what? I think P9. Yeah, P8. He was in P8. P8. And then to finish the race where he did, basically last. last place. And, you know, Zhou Guan Yu, he was down there too. He didn't even qualify very well, but. I'll leave them out of it. I just got the two zeros as well. All right, heroes. What do you got there? I, I got, I made up for my lack of zeros with my heroes. I've got Max Perez, Red Bull in general, Max Verstappen. Uh, there, there's a lot of haters out there. And you read about, I saw one guy this morning, you know, that was like, you know, Max Verstappen has awful race craft. If there was ever a car that could at least compete with the speed of that Red Bull, he'd be toast. And it was like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, for, for thinking that. Um, I thought Max had he had to do a little bit of a recovery drive. He had to get back into the mix of things. The Ferrari was fast. The he did a good job. Perez P12 to P3 should have been two three. Great drive. Red Bull as a whole first one two ever for them clinching the deal uh, in the constructors and drivers first time they've ever got first and second. So uh, kind of just wanted to call them out. That was awesome. I'm going to call someone out that I don't want to. 
Oh, do it. Lance Stroll. Yes! <laughs> I knew it. Oh. And moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call out Vegas. What, what, from the shit show of Thursday night, the absolute craziness of the opening ceremony that was just Vegas, yeah. it absolutely delivered and at the end of it had me wanting to be there. I think next year will be very interesting. I think the drivers loved it for all the shit talking of the track. It just delivered. I thought the aerial views, the shots of the city were awesome. It just, just hands down, Vegas deserves it. I'm going to throw two honorable mentions. Alpine for being yep. a backmarker team, barely in the midfield. Great showing. And a, a honorable mission of, of Charles Leclerc. Nice. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. My heroes, I'm going to give a full hero status to Charles Leclerc because okay. he has overcome a string <laughs> of bad, bad luck. Even in this race, he had bad luck. He got the safety car came out kind of at a bad time. He overcame. So overcame the bad luck. He overcame poor strategy, which I think there could have been a case for pulling him in on that safety car, even though his tires were kind of fresh, but they could have you saw him in the cool down car. He was asking. Yeah. Did you guys pit? Like he was definitely <laughs> questioning the strategy. Like, okay, okay. I see. <laughs> right. And so he overcame all that and still came in second. So yeah. Charlotte Claire, definitely want to give him an honorable man or a, a, a hero status. My next one, kind of like you, I give it Max Checo and Red Bull, man. With Max, he overcame a five-second penalty. He overcame damage from his contact with uh George Russell, Russell. and still won the race. Checo overcame well for one overcame all his bad luck a lot of over like able to fight back from all the negativity that's been surrounding him this year had two really good races in a row he overcame damage he got his wing replaced he had a different setup than max verstappen so he had a bigger wing on his car so he sacrificed some straight line speed for a little bit of downforce so that's why he was kind of you know not able to pass charlotte claire as easy kind of why he got passed by charlotte claire too Came over all that and still was able to fight back from a poor qualifying and wind up on the podium, even though he looked like he was a Ferrari driver on the podium in his red overalls. Good for Checo there. And then same as you, man, Las Vegas. And the theme here is overcoming adversity for all my heroes. Las Vegas overcame that black eye from Thursday, which yeah. looking back on it, they did a lot. They created a track kind of out of nowhere. Um, and it was the first time running, so there's going to be hiccups. So they overcame that. Didn't have any more blunders, luckily. Overcame all the controversy surrounding the track, all the, the negativity about the poor track design. Ended up being a good race. Like you said, man, visually stunning. I thought this was an awesome race. I would put it probably in my top five for the season. It might even too. be higher than that. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'm very pleased with how this weekend went down. Let's and do now, the predictions real quick. Real quick. On poll, we both had Charles Claire. We did. And we nailed it. I think it. we did nail it. And I think that's probably the last prediction that I got right. Uh, yeah, that makes two of us. Uh, <laughs> P3, I had Alonzo. P3, I also had Alonzo. No, the correct work. answer was Perez. Ah. Perez. I see P2, I, I had Lando Norris. <laughs> I had Carlos Sainz. <laughs> the correct answer was Leclerc. Ah, okay. And P1, I went against my norm and said Lewis Hamilton was going to win this. <sighs> oh, man. Well, I said Lando Norris was going to win this. So, also. The correct answer was Max. <laughs> the correct answer is always Max. Damn it. <laughs> My wild card was uh, that there's going to be six DNFs. No, sir. Three. Cut that three. in half. My wild card was there would be a crash under other than racing conditions. So safety Leclerc car, almost formation lap. He almost did. I'm glad he didn't. Uh, but yeah, I got one point total for this one. So did you. Yeah. This is bad. This is our worst let's, predictions uh, of the season. But let's, let's wrap it up on a topic that we discussed before we were on air. Is Perez safe for next year? Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
The question, the million dollar question. I think that Perez is safe to start the season. He's not guaranteed to finish the season, but I think he's safe to start the season. I agree. I was, we talked about this and I said, no, I don't think he's safe. And then I went to the results and I went and looked through all of what's been happening. And I thought that McLaren and Mercedes were a lot closer in the constructors just based on the back half of the season. And yeah, Red Bull's still way out in front. So yeah. with, with, with a little bit of mathing and, and review on the actual points scored, I think he, uh, same as you, I think he's safe to start the season. I think mm-hmm. that he is on a razor thin line, though, of his performance for one and the other, you know, if McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, if any of them get their shit together and get their car faster, I think that he's going to get cut really quick. Yeah. Um, but as long as the Red Bull car still has the dominance, I think he'll be safe for a little while. Yeah, and I think that also is kind of contingent on the fact that you have somebody at Alpha Tauri that's stepping up and doing solid performances next year as well. But on the Checo thing, when you look at it, two years ago, Checo finished fourth in the Constructors. Last mm-hmm. year, he finished third. This year, he finished second. I mean, he's kind of been holding up his end of the bargain over the course of the season, when you're looking yeah. at snapshots throughout the season, it's not looking good. Um, but that's one he thing went a, that, he went a stint there for like six or seven races of just awful. Yeah, awful. He can't he can't do that next year. No, he's got to keep it together. Especially the pressure will be turned up if you have Yuki and or Daniel doing well next year. Then when they get that new car, if they're able to put in solid performances, it's going to crank up that pressure on Checo. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's he's safe to start in my opinion, but. We'll see what happens. What about Logie Bear? He's the other one. I think old Brogan Sargent is going to get signed on. I, th- I think he will. I don't see them swapping him out just yet. I think he'll also have a, a contingency clause in his contract as well. Like, you need to step it up. You are only guaranteed one more year. And so I don't, I don't know that I think he's going to get signed. I'm on the fence. I'm not saying he's going to get booted. I'm not fully over there, but I'm also not fully. I don't know about him. I could see it going either way. It's more I'm of right a, on the fence. Yeah, more of a wild card for sure, man. All right. But overall, what a great weekend. We've got one more race. Can't believe one it. more. So we're heading to Abu Dhabi next, and that's going to be the season finale. We'll see what happens and get ready for the wildness and, of next year and i just want to point out because i was looking at this nothing the one at first and second place are secure third place is lewis hamilton is secure after that carlos Sainz and fernando alonso are dead tied at 200 points lando norris is at 195 leclerc is at 188 Ooh. right so four five six and seven are all very very much up for grabs in this last race and if we go to the constructors Mercedes is only four points in front of Ferrari. Ferrari 388, Mercedes 392. McLaren is only 11 points clear of Aston Martin. Aston Martin's at 273, and McLaren is at 284. So there Mm. are multiple things to be decided in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be exciting. I cannot wait. Kind of sad, a little bittersweet, but... You know, we'll take a couple couple months off from Formula One. We'll have to figure out something else to do with our time. But I'm pumped, man. Hey, if you guys like this podcast, make sure and leave us a rating, a review. Share it with a friend if you can. Other than that, man, I think that's it. It's been a long one. You got anything else, Dylan? That's all I got. All right. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.